Hello and welcome to another episode of Beekeeping at Five Apple Farm podcast. I'm Lee Knott. Today I'm going to continue on the queen rearing subject. This is definitely intermediate uh, material, so beginners please don't give up. Um, I'm going to get back to talking about more beginner topics very shortly here. And for you at this time in the season, one of the things that you're probably going to be doing is forcing yourself to not get in there and mess with your new <laughs> package or nuke as they are starting to build up for spring. And I just want to tell the beginners one quick technique. Um, when your nuke or your package, they start to get traction and their new hive, they're starting to build out foundation, you know, they will put everything in a, in a pretty tight little ball in the in the middle. And as they keep going, one technique I found to get foundation drawn out is once it's warm and as long as you're feeding them you can do this but it's definitely neat you need warm nights um, before you do this we may have a snow tonight so um, I wouldn't try this at home at the moment but you can take a frame of foundation and spread your brood nest apart a little bit now this you definitely want at least four say full uh, brood frames going on but if you have enough brood frames uh, that they've drawn out and that they've filled up that you could spread them apart one and put one frame of foundation pretty much right in the middle um, as long as you have enough bees to cover all the frames including the one that you've just put in the middle then that frame in the middle of between brood frames is going to get drawn out very quickly again you need to be feeding them and warm nights so that's my tip for beginners to keep you thinking um, and hang in there we'll get back to some big beginner topics today I'm gonna this is gonna be <laughs> beekeeping book on tape I'm gonna talk about the cloak board method of queen rearing and banking and pretty much I'm gonna read you an article by Sue Kobe who is one of the masters of beekeeping and particularly queen breeding and rearing she is a professor at a university and I can't recall which one right now I came by this article which I'm going to give you the link for in the show notes um, in Brian Fisher, Fisher's wonderful queen class and I'm interested in the cloak board the cloak board is is basically it looks like a it looks like a, a bottom board except instead of a screen or a solid bottom it has a queen excluder and um, you'll see how it's used in here but it's and then it's got this um this slide insert that goes in that by just sliding it in you can essentially divide off the top part of the hive that you're using it on and the bottom part and so once the queen's in the bottom part and the, she can't go above that queen excluder you can do things up in the top part of the hive and then you can slide that uh, slide in and cut them off from the queen pheromone and do some queen rearing in the top and the beauty of it is unlike a swarm box um, and some of the other queenless uh, cell starter systems to put it back to queen right all you have to do is pull out that board um, to and then when you're finished with your cells you just take off the cloak board and you know the 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 hive is not interrupted so it can be going on this makes it very handy if you don't have that many hives I mean with this system I would say you're gonna need several hives dedicated to queen rearing which is pretty much where I am I've told my honey customers this year that I may not harvest any honey at all because I just want to focus on 
upping my skills and practicing with queen rearing. So much of this is so much practice. Every time I do uh, a new method of uh, either splits with the goal to get queens or um, grafted queens, which this the cloak board, you would want to either uh, graft your uh, queen cells or use one of the graftless uh, box systems like the Nicot. I hope I'm saying that right. It's N-I-C-O-T. If it's Nico, please somebody tell me. But I think it's Nicot system and also the Genter box. Um, and those are whole specialized systems. I have one still new in a box that I haven't tried. Um, I'm a little bit nervous with them with the gender and the just because usually these are my prize queens that I'm working with and I've read that after they're in the box uh, for a time that sometimes the worker bees uh, will supersede them I don't know how common that is but it, it worries me um, so I will be grafting um, to when I do the cloakboard method in a few weeks here so this article I thought since this is going to be my first run at it um, at putting all the pieces and using a cloak board. It's like I've done all the individual parts, but I've never put it together with a cloak board. And since it's going to be my first time, I will read you an article by the master of this, uh, Sue Kobe. Um, definitely look her up on YouTube. I'll try to find, I saw a, a video of her uh, production recently. She specializes in Carniolan um, queen rearing. So anyway, this article is called Cloakboard Method of Queen Rearing and Banking. And I will read it to you fairly quickly on the um, background part. And then when we get to the procedure, I'll really slow down. Obviously, you're going to need to look at the diagrams and study on this if you're really going to do it. So uh, I'll give you that link so you can print it out. <laughs> so welcome to the first episode of, um, of uh, Beekeeping Books on Tape. All right. This is by Sue Kobe. Rearing your own queens is one of the most interesting and rewarding aspects of beekeeping. It provides a means to maintain young, vigorous queens in colonies and is the foundation of good colony management. This also enables a degree of selection for desirable colony characteristics. There are numerous methods of queen rearing, though each follows the same basic concept. This requires to encourage, enhance, and sustain conditions that contribute to the natural stimulus to swarm with an element of control. During the spring build-up season, conditions naturally favor colony reproduction. Later in the season, queen rearing can be more of a challenge. The queen rearing system described here is one I've routinely used and adapted to serve various purposes. It's versatile and applicable to both small and large-scale production. When seasonal conditions and management needs change, Simple manipulations allow colonies to be used for other purposes with minimal labor. These can be moved into honey production, pollination, or used to make mating nuclei or colony increases. The original concept of this system is the cloakboard method. Beekeepers worldwide have utilized and featured this in various publications and websites. In 1979, I first wrote about this in the American Bee Journal. Over time, I've come to appreciate its flexibility and enduring value. Today, this system continues to be featured in the specialized beekeeping classes I offer at Ohio State University. Okay, there's Sue Kobe's university, and wow, would I love to go to one of her classes. Okay, back to the article. The cloakboard method must be credited to its originator, New Zealander Harry Cloak. 
Internationally recognized, Cloak was an active leader in the industry and an innovative beekeeper. In the 1950s, he helped his father operate a small beekeeping business. By the 1970s, he had built this into one of the largest beekeeping operations in New Zealand, with the help of his two sons, Mervyn and Russell. Today, Mervyn continues in the business. I was fortunate enough to meet Cloak in the 1977 Apomondia Congress in Adelaide, Australia, and eagerly accepted an invitation to visit his apiary in Timaru on the South Island of New Zealand. If I am butchering these names, I apologize. As a new young beekeeper from the other side of the world, this was an exciting and memorable adventure. His queen-rearing system impressed me. The beauty of the cloakboard method of queen-rearing is that it addresses the needs of the bees as well as the beekeeper. To rear high-quality queens, the natural stimulus of the bee is encouraged. For the beekeeper, is it, efficient? it is efficient in the use of bees, labor, and equipment. The cloakboard method takes advantage of both a queen-less and queen-right system. Queen cells started in a queen-less state tend to have a higher rate of acceptance, and those reared in a queen-right state tend to produce higher-quality cells hence the popularity of the starter and finisher methods used. Another key component of rearing premium queen cells is a minimal amount of disturbance. Moving developing larvae between starters and finishers interrupts the critical and intensive larval feeding stage. The cloak method eliminates the need for this practice. Experiments have shown that a developing queen larva receives 1,600 feeding visits from nurse bees bees compared to the 143 feeding visits received by a worker larva. The high rate of consumption and nutritious royal jelly diet of queen larva stimulate rapid growth and development. A side note here, man, 1600 feeding visits explains, you know, why these starter colonies are always literally boiling with bees. All right, back to the article. Queens have the shortest larval development time of honeybee casts, about four and a half days for European races. Proper nutrition is critical and will determine if the cast of a fertilized egg will become a queen or a worker. The age of the larva chosen to be reared as a queen is also critical. Larvae should be grafted within 24 hours of egg hatch. Larval age affects the quality and quantity of royal jelly received. Initially, the diet is high in sugars, stimulating a high rate of feeding. As the larvae grow, the diet changes and increases in protein content. The queen larval diet affects queen performance, influencing her weight, the number of ovary rolls, and the size and volume of the spermatheca. The queen develops 50 different morphological characteristics necessary to support her role as egg layer and mother of a populous colony. The Cloakboard Mechanics The Cloakboard method uses one specialized piece of equipment. This is a division board that consists of an outer wooden frame which fits between hive bodies and provides a second upper entrance. The inner edge of the frame are grooved to permit a slide to be easily slipped in and out. A queen excluder, either attached to or placed below the cloak board, restricts the laying queen to the bottom brood chamber. A queenless state is created with the slide placed in the division board, simulating a swarm box on the top. 
Removal of the slide, with the excluder in place, returns the colony to the Queenwright state, simulating a finisher. Going between these two states requires little effort and minimizes disturbances during the larval feeding stage. The need to move the graft from a starter colony to a finisher colony is eliminated, yet the benefits of these two systems are maintained. To provide the crowded hive conditions desired in the upper cell building chamber, the hive entrances are manipulated. In preparation for the graft, the colony is turned or pivoted to prevent lifting so that the main bottom entrance now faces the opposite direction. And I want to pause here for a second. This is Lee, not Sue. <laughs> um, I don't uh, turn the colonies. Um, I use one, I have a, the, a snow grove board. Actually, I have several snow grove boards or double screen boards. Those are the double screen boards that have little entrances on every side. And I use these whenever uh, manipulation is going to require a hive to be turned in a different direction. Um, to save my back, I don't do that. Instead, I just use um, the double screen board as my bottom board and open and close the doors on whichever side I need. So that's just a um, lazy beekeeper adaptation. Alright, back to Sue's article. Exiting from the reversed bottom, returning bees reorient to use the new top entrance created by the division board. This boosts the bee population in the top chamber. A high population ratio of young nurse bees, 5 to 15 days old, raise high quality queens. As the bees age, these glands atrophy. The quality of cells will diminish if this age group is not maintained regardless of colony strength. To attract nurse bees up through the excluder into the top box, young open brood is brought up from the queen right lower box. Empty frames are replaced to provide space for the queen to lay. After 6 to 12 hours, the slide is placed in the division board to create a queenless state. At this time, the frames of young larvae are moved to another, another colony so as not to compete with the feeding of queen cells. In the top box, leave an empty center space to place the frame of grafted queen cells. Nurse bees will cluster there. Feed the colony syrup and pollen and allow the bees to settle. Place a frame of foundation next to the feeder. This will stimulate wax production and provide storage of excess syrup to minimize the webbing of the cells. The next day, graft the queen cells and place these into the empty center space. A day later, after the queen cells have been accepted, the slide is removed. This converts the cell builder into a queen right finisher without disturbing the feeding of the developing cells. Regardless of the weather conditions, this is easy and convenient to do. The number of queen cells grafted should be based on the strength of the cell builder and the time of year. During the swarm season, conditions are optimal and a large number of high quality queen cells can Generally, 45 to 60 cells per graft is reasonable. And I'll pause here and just say reasonable if you have a really large populous colony that you're using as your starter finisher. Back to the article. Later in the season, or when conditions are less optimal, graft half or less of this number. A new graft of queen cells can be started every four to five days. Queen cells are capped in about four and a half days. No longer in need of feeding, these can be moved and held in a nursery colony. 
11 days after the graft, the cells are ready to emerge and are placed in mating nuclei or individual colonies. This system was designed to rear a large number of queen cells efficiently in a short period of time without weakening the colonies for honey production. Cloak routinely reared 4,000 queen cells in six weeks. He then removed the divider boards and moved these strong colonies onto a honey flow. So I'll just pause here and kind of go back over the broad strokes of this method. So you're going to take a fully intact, robust populous colony. You're going to insert the, the cloak board uh, with the slide removed over the brood nest below. So the below you're going to have the queen and um, the staff and actually a lot of bees. Then you'll have your cloak board and above you're going to have a box where you're going to fill it up with young larva frames from that same, same hive. This is going to draw the nurse bees up from the bottom up, up uh, to cover those uh, brood frames through the queen excluder that keeps the queen hopefully safely below. Now right before in, in this will I'll go through this in the her procedure but um, before you graph your queen cells you're going to manipulate the entrances so all the bees you're going to close the front entrance um, and so all the foragers will now be going into that top box and so what that does is it temporarily creates that you know absolutely packed box of bees um, that is best to start cells and the beauty of it is once you don't need that you can remove that slide and then the then the bees can go in and you know go up and down in the boxes where they want um, and um, so so you've kind of got it all in one box with this one piece of equipment and I will just say, if you're familiar with this method, if you once you've got the pieces down pat, um, there was a queen producer from New Mexico who told me that she didn't always use the actual uh, queen boards, that what she would use to uh, duplicate a cloak board in out yards that she couldn't go back the next day because with the cloak board you're going to need to, you know, you put the slide in after you have your graphs, I mean before you have your graphs in, you put the slide in and then 24 hours hours later you go back and pull the slide out and she said these were yards that were miles from anywhere she couldn't go back the next 24 hours so what she would do is use a queen excluder with a double layer of newspaper and essentially I thought this was wonderfully clever that um, so she did the, this pretty much the same procedure but that double layer of newspaper would take them a while to chew out and so it would simulate the slide being closed and then once they got where they pulled all the newspaper out then they had their queen excluders and I thought that was that was okay back to the article um, Sue has a note here uh, for if you're going to use this in a larger scale and she it's called optional use of support colonies to maintain the cell builders over the season support colonies can be used to occasionally boost the nurse bee population rather than manipulate the colony entrances Using this method, brood is still rotated in the manner described. To provide the queen builder with an abundance of young bees, frames of emerging brood or bees are taken from the brood nest of strong field colonies. The addition of sealed brood given to cell builders assures an adequate supply of nurse bees for successive grafts of queen cells. 
The need for additional bees is dependent on the season, conditions, and production requirements. This just offers another management option. For commercial queen production, I prefer this modification to the system to ensure the quality of queen cells as the season progresses. Procedures Prepare colonies in advance. The first step in queen rearing is advanced planning, beginning with good overwintering preparations. Colonies must be strong, healthy, well-fed, and free of miticide chemical treatments and residues. The buildup of colony strength and proper nutrition are essential. Maintaining young queens in these colonies to increase production and prevent swarming. Colonies can be combined, fed, and requeened if necessary. Early in the season, queen rearing is initiated when drones begin to emerge. Several days before the graft. Arrange the colony several days before the graft is planned. Confine the queen to the bottom super below an excluder. Place the cloak division board without the slide between the two hive bodies. Bring up several frames of young open brood from the bottom box to attract nurse bees up. The top super should contain frames of nectar, brood, pollen, foundation, and a feeder. Place a pollen frame in the center next to where the graft will be. Arrange the bottom super to contain honey, some sealed and emerging brood, and empty comb for the queen to lay. Be sure the queen is present and has not been moved up with the brood. It is helpful to mark the queen for a fast identification. Pivot the colony 180 degrees so the bottom entrance is reversed or in, in Lee's method, just open the door on the back and close the door on the front. Close this back entrance, forcing the bees to use the new upper entrance. Feed the colony syrup and pollen in the top box. Allow the bees to settle. The day before the graft. A day before the graft, place the slide in the division board frame. Open the back lower entrance to encourage bees to fly out and return to the top boosting the population in the upper cell unit. At this time, remove the young brood in the top chamber. These frames can be rotated into a nursery colony. Allow the cell builder colony to settle. The nurse bee's hypopharyngeal glands will become engorged and ready to concentrate on feeding the queen larva. Cell builders should be very populous, often forming a bee beard on the top entrance. Day 1, the graft. Allow the colony to settle for 12 or 24 hours, graft the queen cells, open the colony with the least amount of disturbance, no smoke, and place the graft in the empty center space. Allow the frame of queen cells to float down among the festooning nurse bees filling the space. Day 2. A day after the cells have been accepted, remove the slide to create a queen right cell builder. Close the rear entrance. By the time eggs have been laid by the queen and hatch in the bottom box, the developing cell, queen cells in the top will be nearly capped. Nurse bees will remain in the top to feed and attend the queen cells. And for those of you listening for the first time, there is a handy drawing of exactly how to do this in the article. So this is just the overview to get your head ready for it. All right, day four and five. When the developing queen cells are capped about four and a half days after the graft, they can be moved to a nursery incubator colony or an incubator to mature. Simply place these above a queen excluder surrounded by young brood. 
routinely check brood in the cell builders for rogue queen cells every time they're worked. Rotate the queen brood in preparation for the next graft, repeating this process. A new batch of cells can be grafted every four or five days. And I'll pause here. For those of us that are not into that much production, um, the uh, the hive that we're working with with the cloak board as long as that queen excluder stays there it can still be used as the incubator colony so it can be used um, for the whole 10 days that that this goes on you do not have to move them anywhere um, right away day 10 or 11 pull the mature capped queen cells before emergence day 10 or 11 after the graft handle the cells very gently avoid shaking as this may injure queens when cutting cells from the grafting bars and transporting these to colonies, keep them warm. A few degree change in temperature can speed or slow emergence. Cells ready to emerge when held against a light can be seen moving. Held to the ear, these can be heard chewing their way out. So I'll stop there in the article. There is more. She has a section on transitional queen rearing, which um, about using these colonies in a more commercial setting and also using the cloak board for um, banking uh, queen cells and incubating queen cells, again, kind of uh, more large scale. But I, I just want to say, it may sound complicated, but once you see the drawing, you'll see that it's there's there's no there's nothing really difficult about it. It's just you know procedures that have to be done in a certain order, and as with everything in queen rearing, on an extremely strict um, time scale. I hope you will look up the article and just think about a cloak board. I'm pretty excited about mine. I have it painted, ready to go, um, and ready to try. On my small scale, I will probably only be grafting maybe, say, 24 at the most cells. And the real goal of that is just to come out with a dozen nice, fat, good uh, queen cells. And just to build in a safety feature, I'll graft twice as many as I need. And then, um, hopefully, I, most of those will take. It just depends on my the day I'm having. <laughs> and um, But either way, I will cull them down to the dozen best-looking ones. And with those dozen queen cells, uh, use them in mating nukes to see um, how many I can get mated. And so out of a dozen, if I came out with um, eight beautifully mated, mated queens, I would consider that okay and if I come out with 10 I would think I was having a great run. I just do small batches um, not only because uh, as you'll soon find out you know uh, populating mating nuclei can take quite a few um, bees. Um, I don't use the little tiny uh, queen mating boxes just because I don't want any extra different equipment. I like to use what I have and um, and so every mating nucleus is going to take at least a couple few frames of uh, bees. I like to just start them in my five frame nukes. They're kind of all over to the side. I might put the a frame feeder to tuck them in and um, make them cozy over on one side of that because then without changing equipment, uh, if the queen comes back, back mated, then I can just gradually grow that into a nice five frame nucleus colony 
that way it's it's pretty stable uh, n not in terms of space you know, we'll have to keep an eye on their space very carefully um, but it can can be used to either uh, transition that uh, five frame nucleus I can then uh, put it right in an eight frame box depending on that I might even add a second eight frame medium box on that if the weather's good and if they're really cranking um, so anyway I hope this will get you excited about uh, one method Again, I just want to say the grafting, <laughs> and I don't even know if I'm going to do an episode on grafting. It's, I think it's much better to probably watch some YouTube videos on that because it is just, you know, it's a skill, um, hand-eye coordination skill. I've heard really mixed things uh, from the on the YouTube videos. People who teach it will say, you know, when I teach it, most everybody in my class can get it. And then I hear other people say, when I teach it, only one or two can get it. <laughs> but I, I think if you are good at... Um, uh, if you have good hand-eye skills, you know, if you can, if you're building something and you can put a tiny screw in and screw the little tiny screw in, then you're, you're going to be fine uh, with, with grafting, to, in my opinion. And then if you just can't stand the thought of that, then explore the, uh, the Jinter box or the Nikot box of um, where the queen lays right in the little plastic cells that then you pull out and use as your queen cells. All right, thanks for hanging in there with me for the for, for the first um, book on tape <laughs> um, about queen rearing. Well, let me know how you think this worked. If it was fun to hear an article read or if you just thought it was awful. Either way, you can let me know on the uh, Beekeeping at Five Apple Farm Facebook page. You can send me a message there um, or you can email at blueridge.com. 714 at gmail. That's B-L-U-E-R-I-D-G-E 714 at gmail.com. Uh, my name is Lee and it is L-E-I-G-H, uh, but it but it doesn't bother me if you put L-E-E. -E. All right, I'll talk to you, you soon and I'm really appreciative of all the listeners. The podcast, each episode is getting between 300 and 500 downloads, which I just can't believe. I thought I was the only one out there listening to beekeeping podcasts, driving in the dark on the way to the day job, but it turns out there's a lot of us. So thank you and let me know what you want to hear. Have a great day.